Episode 2 of the DNU Podcast from Mooresville, North Carolina. I am Bob Duato in D.C. We've got Bill Chester and Jay-Z from upstate New York. Guys, welcome to another podcast, and I am so happy to do this. I thought our first one was such a great hit that we may as well just do it again. Yeah, and it gives us another excuse to drink whiskey. Ah, happy to be here. I love talking some racing. It's like top talking shop for me, you know. Uh, wife and kids into the room. Let's uh, let's rock and roll. All right. So last race we had a lot to cover. Uh, just to put it one way, a ton of stuff happened last race. Let alone uh, we had guys had some big accidents. We had a lot of wrecks. We had uh, Ronnie Shirt got hurt, but I guess. What we have seen in these last couple races is there has been a ton of competition. We had three or four B-mains. One class did not have a B-main last race. That's awesome. I mean, the the car count has been up. The competition has been crazy. I mean, the especially the top side, once it gets rolling with those treaded tires, I, people are just slide job after slide job after bombing people. I, the, the racing is the best go-kart racing that I've ever seen. Look at who we're we're bringing into the series. I mean, you got Jerry Mullis that provides support to so many different drivers trying to get their start. He says, you know what? This looks like fun. You know, Mr. Southeast Base is going to come and run DNQ. We've got guys like Riggins and uh, Mr. Stroop, who we might talk to later this evening or later in the podcast, that, that spend time racing cars coming down to run DNQ because it's a good freaking time on top of being competitive. So I, I think it's a winning formula right now, not to you know, toot our own horn, so to speak. <laughs> yeah we had we had a we'll just i guess we'll just go through the whole night first of all we, we start off the night with uh scott heath on the ghost state spurring cup series pole and um you know he he rolls the dice for the invert and we walk around and all of a sudden i hear other people talking to me about the fact that there might be some tires that are not right so I go to check it out, walk in the trailer, Ronnie Carroll's trailer, and sure enough, Daniel Armstrong standing there with a prep pad and the Hoosier tires, and they're on fire. They were not in the hot box. I asked him to open it. They were not on there. But the second I touch the tire, it's hot, and it smells like goat pee. So I was immediately furious, and I told these guys, do not be the first person I catch prepping tires. And... uh Scott Heath was on the spot, fined $500, and suspended after that race for five races. Daniel Armstrong immediately lost his points lead in the Bush Series. And Ronnie Carroll lost 100 points because it was going on in his trailer. Now, I'm not going to say I'm going to do that every time, but the first person definitely was was going to be made an example of. And I was not expecting to ever even have to have this conversation with anybody, but it happened especially after how hard we are on everybody for the motors. I mean, that's, that's like the easy thing. All you got to do is just bolt it on. We are literally making life easier for you. But I mean, these people like (laughs) the way I feel about it is like kind of how NASCAR does things. If like when people were poking holes in the tires, they take the tire, they put it in the, in the dunk bath and you can see like all the, all the bubbles coming up and it loses pressure and all that. And they gather everybody up and say, this is it. Here's your, here's your one gimme. We're not doing this ever again. And if you get caught doing this, we're going to make an example out of you. Okay. 
We are considering this the gimme. This was your gimme. We find you $500. We tossed you out. You lost your lead. 100 points. Everything the next time is going to be worse. You're just not going to race anymore. So I don't know what it takes for you people to like get it through your head. We don't play with the rules. We've made an example out of everybody. The next person that gets caught cheating with the motor is going to get tore down right at the start finish line, made an example of, and you're going to get fined again. And it's going to be even more. So just don't cheat. Just bolt the tires on them and go race. And it's, yeah. yeah, Some people just need to make sure that there's three lug nuts on. You don't need to worry about prep. <laughs> right, a lot of lot of left rears roll around on the track, both prepped and unprepped every single every <laughs> single month, you know. But I, it sucks; it has to come to this, you know. We we were just talking about the series and and gassing it up and talking about how fun it is, and everyone loves running it. But go kart racers are their own worst enemy, man. You know, you so you touched on the engine already, Bill, and how it's supposed to be stupid, simple, out of the box, and people are doing obvious shit like trying to fuck with the coil and, and the rev limiter and stuff like that. And it's like, guys, come on! Like we we, it's 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 not the point of this series. There's other places you can run if you want to do that shit. But racers are going to be racers, and unfortunately, we have to drop the boom on some people. And and for a lot of the, I would argue, half the garage that shows up for a DNP race, five hundred bucks is a lot of freaking money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, it sucks we have to do that. But you you know, um, yeah, uh, Bob, you you gave them the series, gave them a heads up, said don't ruin this for everybody, don't be the first, and. <laughs> a go-kart racer gonna go-kart race and 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 fuck around anyway so it, it, it. yeah my biggest thing is if these guys are that good and this is a professional go-kart racers who race all the time in the southeast why do you have to do that to win races how yeah. hilarious is it that in the jerry mullis uh, the jerry mullis interview pre-race he's talking about how i wanted to come and everyone says oh i only win because i prepped better than everyone else and i want to come out and run and win without prepping it's just it's just <laughs> funny how the it's funny how the world works you know what i mean well, what's funny <laughs> is eric riggins has been whooping everybody's ass on tires that are legal we said his out first <laughs> yeah 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 the, and for those who don't know jerry mullis won <laughs> won the pro cup feature we sent his sample out and it came back a couple days later. The lab actually took longer to get this one back because they had so many tire samples. Not right. Like, by a lot. So there was prep on the tire. Or, I mean, I can't say prep. The lab told us it did not meet the benchmark. And they make the call at the end of the day whether the tire is right or not. But he got fined $500 as well. I mean, it's, it is what it is. I don't make the decision the lab does. I mean, it was basically 30 points low. <laughs> I mean, there yeah, was, yeah. it was not even close. <laughs> and, I, and bravo to DNQ for publishing those results, too, and putting it out there. So there's there's no smoke and mirror. There's no nothing. It's, everyone sees it. Everyone knows the series is serious. Just don't fuck around, you know? Yeah. I think, I think in the South, uh, not just the Southeast, but I think in go-kart racing in general, there's this good old boy thing going on. I think there's even promoters and racetracks that are scared to throw some of these guys out. I mean, I'm not scared. None of us at DNQ are scared to throw anybody out. We've Jamie Kanoff had a mishap with a jet one time. He lost the All Star race. There are times that these guys mess around and they think, "Oh, I've I'm friends with him. It's not going to happen." Ask Ronnie Carroll, who got fined 100 points. He he sponsors a series, and we still catch him on stuff. So there is no good old boying going on in DNQ at all, and I think that is one of the major problems in some of the racing uh, around here. Yeah, and that's what's going to keep this series strong. Like 
you're going to be able to come race and know you've got a fair shot at winning. If you do your job, if you're a better driver, if you get this set up right, if your go-kart's fast enough, you're going to go out there and lead laps and win the race. And that's why we see so many different winners here in DNQ is we have that even playing field. And you're not you're not victim to the guy that has 350 tires with 900 different kinds of prep in there and and guys that race 45 times a week. Like you can come out here and you've got you know that you've got at least the same shit everybody else does, at least when it comes to tires and motor. Yeah, and you know what? We're we're not saying that, that prepping and your blueprinted engine is bad, right? We, there are classes for that. There's there's the Bush right. series. There's right. there's heavy. There uh, well, I guess heavy cups open engine, but it's got the shredded tire. We we still welcome that. It's just do that in those classes. That's what they're designed for. You know what I right. mean? It right. like you you guys were talking about it. Uh, racing all over and especially the southeast is very incestual you know what i mean like everyone runs together everyone knows everyone's last name you know you're hooked up with the same track girl you know what i mean you eskimo <laughs> brothers whatever you want to call it um <laughs> and and you even had i won't name names but there's, there's a two big series split because some of this stuff that we're talking about was happening and you, you have one set of rules and another set of rules same tracks same drivers just that perception of, you know, I think we can do it better. Maybe there's some of that good old boy going on. We want to do it differently. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. You guys hit it dead on and you know, a DNQ is trying to be an alternative yeah, to that it kind of stuff. It feels setup. like people are trying to cherry pick a little bit. Like I got no problem if the guys that race 300 times a week want to come race DNQ. Like that's great. We love yeah. and welcome co- that competition, especially guys that are really good, you know, but I remember when the clown motor first came out, like that was supposed to be for the backyard hillbillies that wanted mm-hmm. to bolt on a hundred dollar motor and go fuck around on Friday night and drink some beer in their trailer. And then the flathead guys that were winning every single week started cherry picking the hundred dollar clown motor because they could take it apart and do good. And they have the tires to win and it just ruins it for everybody. Like leave Arca and goodies dash for the clowns. Like cup guys need to be running. Yeah, you look. It's it's a it's a snowball effect, and it happens. I've seen it. You know, it happens in go kart racing. The guys start with the clone engine, and then these engine builders get involved, and then they don't do the tech on them, and then it snowballs into what was a hundred dollar engine into an eight hundred dollar engine over time, and now the predator engine's going to come in, and these engine builders are go, well, I could cheat that thing up, you know, for six hundred dollars. Then that turns into a hundred dollar into a six hundred dollar engine. That's just where we're not putting up with it. I mean, I want I made this series to be affordable as as much as possible and to have the the most amount of rules that you can police. I want somebody to show up, buy an engine off the shelf, and think they got a shot to win the race. And that's that's why we have the rules that we have. So Last race we had the in the Arca series, we'll cover that first. Uh, Bryson Murray took home the win, and he is young. We had an amazing youth movement come through DNQ, and I checked driver's licenses and everything. This guy's 16 years old, and uh, he won Bush and Arca, and he did a pretty damn good job. But the uh, the Rick, where did he come from? Driver of the race had to be Dylan Ratchet Jaws Teasley. I mean he. He was not very good over the last couple races, and then all of a sudden, I think Pickle did his tires for this race. He won the Arca B main and finished seventh. I mean, that is a tremendous step up. He just got a new chassis, 
definitely starting to pick his game up a little bit. And I know owner Tyler Young was over there about seven Bud Lights deep uh, just cheering him on. Yeah. We know how good of a cheerleader Tyler Young can be. I mean, he deals with it on a weekly basis uh, <laughs> at his own NASCAR team. And, I mean, Ratchet Jaws works for him. He's an employee over at Young's Motorsports. And, I mean, he, he definitely uh, – was listening to everything that Tyler said. I mean, Tyler is a DN Quinn 500 champion. Like he knows how that's to get it done. DNQ champion in general as well. Heavy series. right, uh, and Tyler knows how to get it done in the DNQ series. So it was it was smart for Ratchet Jaws to listen to what he had to say. I mean, he's got a little bit better equipment now, and when you get better equipment, you know you can run a little bit better. You get some more TV time. You can sell some more sponsorship, and it it just. Uh, snowballs up higher and higher and and i definitely have some high hopes for him i mean he's he's shown that he's a kid that can listen and learn and execute on what he's taught so i mean i'm gonna be looking for him to be stepping it up in the next couple weeks maybe we can get a top five out of him yeah i mean right that positive momentum keeps carrying you forward he's he's got that good coaching that you guys talked about and you know you you watch the chatter on social media afterwards and and people loved it man it was, it was a good finish for him i know he i didn't get to talk to him personally but just through talking through uh various channels found out he was really jazzed about where he was and i hope some of the other guys that are you know finishing 12th 15th having to go through the b main see the success he has and and they kind of have a renewed vigor to try to do well uh you know next time out so it's it's a, it's good for everybody. Everyone wins when Ratchet Jaws win. I love seeing the Young's Motorsports guys at the racetrack. They they are true racers, and just to have Tyler over there with them, he's a true racer himself. Uh, you know, they are living their best life in the DNQ series and in the Bush series. Uh, we saw a really good feature. the The one driver that I felt had a really good night, who we hadn't really talked about in a while, was Robert Showalter. Was Pretty damn close to winning this race, but got shuffled at the end. But he had a really good had a really good piece, and looks like he's starting to get his program back in order, and, and things are starting to run better for him. Uh, Bryson Murray pulled the double; he won that race as well. And the Rick Ware, where did he come from? Uh, finish of this race was John Kidwell hadn't raced with us in a long time. Started on the pole, finished third. A great race, but uh, let's cover all those topics. Uh, first of all, Show Walters back. I think Bryson Murray winning double and uh, Kidwell uh, having a good finish. Yeah, Show Walter had a great showing uh, last week at the intercourse, and I think that just like we talked about with Ratchet Shaw's got him pumped up, got his confidence back. You know, he we we talked to him uh, before the race, and he said that. He just kind of got back to basics that he felt like he got a little bit lost. And, you know, he's got a chassis that he likes. He just got his tires back. And, and I mean, obviously, like with the treaded stuff, not not doing anything. But um, with the prep stuff, like back to basics is what he said. And, and we know that he can drive like he's proven that many times. Um, but he's he, he felt like he got a little bit lost. And sometimes you just got to except that you've gone down the wrong road. And that seems like um, what he's done. And he just, uh, he's got it back now. Yeah. It's uh, he had a winning formula, right? He, it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. We saw the, uh, the interview from this season from a shop, you know, he's got, he's got money, he's got good funding. 
Uh, he had the know-how. It's just maybe he tried to trick fuck some stuff. And, and like you said, uh, Bill got lost a little bit, went back to what he knew. And even in Ghostface Cup, we were uh, during the, the broadcast, we were talking about, you know, where'd Bobby come from the second half of the race? Also, he was, you know, fighting for third or fourth there for a little while, too. So, um, you know, the Bush series, uh, you know, run for him was very good. Uh, I think he's back. I don't I don't think we'll see him struggle anymore this season. No, uh, Bryson Murray took home the double. He's a younger kid, and like we touched on earlier, we're starting to see a youth movement with some of these guys. Jared Chandler's another one of them. Um, Austin McKenville, Bumgardner. There's a couple young kids coming through this deal that are pretty damn good. Yeah, it's kind of it's strange interviewing kids with braces in victory lane <laughs> it just doesn't feel right for what dnq is and dnq's legacy it kind of feels like you know kid where's where's your mom shouldn't you get on out of here and let the boys play but uh no i mean he he straight up whooped everybody's ass including uh including the old guys so it's great to see them and it's going to be great to see them come up through the ranks of dnq um, but it, they're definitely making it hard on the old guys. You wonder if it's a little bit of they don't know what they don't know. You know what I mean? They they just hop in there, balls to the wall, scared of nothing. Uh, you know, they'll rip the top lip. They'll just throw whatever set of tires on for the prep classes and go. And, uh, you know, they were hauling ass. I know, uh, was it uh, – oh, my notes are all fucked up here. Um, I keep thinking about the Arca race, but, um, either, I mean, it was all the same guys in the same classes. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're running really well. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to talk to them in, in some more detail through the podcast and just find out, you know, where their experience f- comes from and, and where it took guys like, uh, you know, Showalter, uh, a Carol, um, you know, some of these veteran drivers some time. Like, uh, you know, when we talked to LJ McCleary in the pre-race interview uh, last week, he was talking about all, all the experience he has He's still trying to figure out, and he did some of the testing too for the treads. Even with all the experience he has, he's still trying to dial in that that treaded setup. Um, and these kids come in and just just you know, kick everyone's ass. So you know, maybe it's a case of they they win a Fortnite tournament on Friday and come around <laughs> Monday and and win a DNQ race. You know, it's crazy. Well, yeah, I like yeah, LJ. He's he has been racing DNQ for quite some time, and he originally got into it when we had the open motors. And I mean, you would haul ass in those and i mean yeah you might be able to die bomb somebody but it was once every couple of laps you know you'd run kind of nose to tail for a little bit one guy would hit the setup and stretch out but in the bush series especially you're three wide all race long and that's where these kids that have never raced before don't know that that's not right (laughs) you hit it perfect they don't know what they don't know and lj's used to you know, racing with Daniel Eisenhower and Timmy Nye thinking he's going to get door slammed where he goes three wide and might have back out a little bit early thinking something bad's going to happen. But these kids, they don't know that something bad's about to happen. They just jam it on in there and hope for the best. It's a damn hornet's nest back there, like we said during the race. <laughs> so, uh, Aaron Hodges also destroyed Curtis Beeson under caution, which we're not really going to put up with anymore. So if you... uh don't think that you can just run somebody into the fence under caution and get away with it. That's a, that's another thing I wanted to touch on from that race. But uh, a good feature as well. John Kidwell, great run. Hasn't raced with us in a while, but he's done a good job. Uh, Dash Series, man, did we have – we've got a good story going on here for sure. So 
earlier this year, I went to both shops, Robert Showalter's and Mike Melton's, and I saw what each team, you know, I said, hey, you guys do such a good job, and we saw their resources, which you can find on the YouTube page. The 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 one thing, though, when I asked them who's the biggest pain to race around, at Melton's shop, he said, any of the Showalter guys. So now we go to Dash, it's the Magic Mafia is what Melton calls all his buddies that run Dash, and now you've got Showalter bringing this ringer, Ryan Ayers, and these guys are starting to battle each other pretty hard, and it's it's really fun to watch. Ayers got the best of them last week, though. Yeah, Melton has been kicking everybody's ass in the Dash series, um, especially last week at the intercourse. My God, that was bad. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ryan Ayers showed him how to get around the big track, and what I love about Goody's Dash is – these are the guys that aren't really that good. Um, so it's really easy for them to hit and miss the setup where Quentin Haley last week, it was amazing when he finished on the podium. I mean, fireworks, chugging beers, the whole <laughs> nine, you know, and now he's back to running whatever he was, 25th. Uh, <laughs> but th- this dash series with the same tires all the way around doesn't lend itself to a standard go-kart setup it's not like you can go to harold wiggins and be like hey man what should i run for goodies dash (laughs) (laughs) he's the big fuck you talking about son (laughs) so i don't know what these guys setups are but i mean the some of these guys like show walter and and like mike melton who know a thing or two about a race car they're not scared to go throw 49% wedge in this thing and let her rip. <laughs> you know, where some of the other go-kart guys are going to be like 49% wedge. What year is it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there's, there's somewhere there's an old crew chief in stiff black denim uh, talking about the spring he won with Harvick in, in 2009. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny we have all these different types of classes that, you know, got the treads with a big stagger. You have uh, your prep classes with the, the traditional, you know, inch and a half stagger across the back and then the dash with no stagger, but it's still the guys that are associated with those shops that know what they're doing that are up front. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's different. You can't call Harold and find out what the setup is, but these guys that know what they're doing. Keep finding their way to the front. The cream will rise as they say. So it's just, it's just interesting to see how it's working out through all the different classes in the DMQ. Yeah. I'm yeah, looking I'm, for Phantom or Millennium or Ultramax or somebody to come out with a cart for the dash series. Uh, <laughs> it's made so. to run no stagger. $1,500 roller off the shop floor. You know yeah. what I mean? Like non-adjustable front end. It's going, this is for you, yeah. Dash guys. Come buy it. Paint it yourself. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, somebody's gonna profit from this, no matter what. It's gonna. Somebody will make the first. This is the first ever treaded uh, go kart chassis. Yeah. They'll probably be prepping tires left and right, selling the shit out of it. So that's what happens. Uh, Pro Cup Series. We already talked about Jerry Mullis failing his tire test after he said he wasn't there to prep tires. So that was good. Um, find five hundred dollars. Five find uh, five hundred dollars gone for five races, and uh, that's what happens. That gave Eric Riggins the win, and <laughs> Corey Gordon on three tires officially will finish second. That, that guy's an effing hero. Amazing! I've never I, seen anything like it. 
Bill, I, I had uh, some carding buddies texting me to watch this stuff and go, who's that guy on three wheels? He's freaking amazing. And, and I, I was telling him, like, dude, we were in the booth screaming and shouting just like that's like they were at home, man. It's, it's crazy. Uh, props to him. Old, old C3. Uh, what was the new nickname we came up for him? <laughs> the tripod. The tripod, yeah. The tripod. Like, it's, it's crazy, man. It's supposed to show if where there's a will, there's a way. Well, it's not like he just – did a green white checkered on three wheels. He ran the whole fucking race on three wheels, like restarts and everything. (laughs) I got to give a tip of the hat to Caleb Clenard. He did really good. He lost a gear or lost a chain at the end of that thing, but he was up there in the top four and he's, it's fun when you watch the guys who run all the regular go-kart races, nose the tail on the bottom the whole race, and he gets out of these – he gets done with these races, and he's smiling from ear to ear, and he goes, that's the most fun I've had in a go-kart in years. So that tells you something about the racing. Yeah, that's what D&Q was made for. You know, it, first of all, we're doing a fucking podcast now about talking shit about our friends racing go-karts together. So that tells you how serious DNQ is. Uh, you know, it's made for fun, and that's why we're as strict as we are about the rules. Like, it just keeps everybody in check. You know, and so Caleb Clenard, perfect example, shows up in a toter home with, you know, a backup car and 300 tires, but he still gets out. He's on the same tires and the same motors. Everybody else gets out on a Wednesday night, smiling from ear to ear. Yeah, that's he's he's setting the good example of, of what we like to see. Racing and for a case of beer and a trophy. Yeah, and last year he was kicking ass, right? I, I know he's got his own line of prep, five-star tire specialty, so running the tread classes isn't necessarily good for his book of business per se, but he, he has so much fun doing it. He's still coming out and, and learning and getting better. And Again, he hasn't had the run of success so far in 2020, although I don't know if anyone in life in general has had success in 2020 outside of uh, Eric Riggins. Uh, yeah, Eric Riggins, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But <laughs> He, he's still out here learning and, and getting better because it's fun and he has a good time. Yeah, the one driver that we had had a rough go of at the last couple races has been Scott Zorowski. He was up towards the top of the points. He blew a gear, and I don't know what happened to him this race. But tough break for him. Eric Riggins, uh, who has made it three in a row now, actually had to have knee surgery. He had an issue. And I don't know if he's running the next race, but uh, it must be from kicking everybody's ass in these treaded deals. He's got his foot stuck in somebody's ass. So that's uh that you know hopefully he has a speedy recovery which will bring us to the cup race which he also won. Uh, Eric Riggins held off Scott Heath who was racing on tires that were illegal as well again because he borrowed tires from Mullis. They're gone. I mean we're just not putting up with it. I am not putting up with people messing with it. it's, it's it's over. Uh, no, it'll stretch into next year. All right, so they're just they're done for the year and. Will they miss the Miltona 50? Yes. Holy Bummer. shit. Yeah. Kind of got what you deserve there. Biggest race of the year. You're not going to make it because you fucked around with some prep. That's what that's what you get. So that'll put Jimmy Jimmy Allen in second. LJ McCleary will be third. Show Walter fourth. Getting his stuff back together. And my tip of the my Rick, where did he come from finishes? Trent Newman did an amazing job. Led a bunch of laps. Got in that accident, though. Um, with Nick Stroop. Nick, uh, we told these guys you can have a left rear bumper cover. Nick has not listened to that just yet. Got his left rear jumped, and then Stephen Broy came in and never even decided to think about touching the brake pedal. Arca brakes, yes. We call that Arca braking. 
That that is why we're going to have a rule that you got to have receivers. So starting next race, uh, the Cup Series will have to have receivers, and uh, that that's why you, we we have got to stop the accidents that happen after the fact or the fact these guys rip the wall and somebody flips. Ugh. I've said it multiple times: it's racing is dangerous, but that doesn't mean that we're not we're going to do all the safety efforts that we can to make this the safest racing as possible. And then after that, it's on the drivers to, to keep it safe. Yeah, I mean, we all these people have real jobs. This is not their profession. Like, we we need to make sure everybody can go to work on Tuesday. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm watching the race right now, and we're three and four wide. Like, there's there's uh, enough danger and excitement in the racing itself. Like, uh, and, and honestly, I, I mean, granted, if I if I was in in that race, I probably would have saw that fucker coming, or maybe not because I would have been in front of him. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, when you're riding somebody's ass and you're bumper to bumper, uh, I, it's hard, especially when you're going in this fast, uh, to see and to get out of the way. And and you're allowed spotters in DNQ. Um, some of these guys, I think, are too cheap to actually get one. Uh, so um, we we've just got to force your hand now. You you shouldn't need a spotter for for go kart racing, right? You you're an adult. You're not running junior one at this point. You you should be able to see oh. more than three feet off your front bumper. You, you would think, right? And you watch the dash races. <laughs> yeah. Not, I mean, not to like bash Mr. Broy or anything like that, but there's no excuse for that happening, really. You know what I mean? Stroop was idle, like sitting dead still for at least a five count before he got just absolutely obliterated. And, and I, I was texting uh, you know, you guys and saying, man, we're lucky someone didn't lose a river worse with that one. That, that was a hard hit. And, and I'm glad we're going receivers. I know some people, you know, go-kart races is always going to bitch, oh, it's another 50 bucks used, 100 bucks new out of my pocket I got to spend. Yeah, but it's better than a $10,000 emergency room bill because some jerk that was running 22nd didn't lift and plowed you into the left side of your head. You yeah, know? not to mention we saved you $6,000 on tires. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Ronnie Shirk, Ronnie Shirk had an accident during the race. He fractured his collarbone, and um, he did go to the hospital after the race. He he rode the berm, which we're gonna work on the berms and stuff like that. But he had to have surgery on that. He did that earlier this week. He's okay. He is now recovering, but he is selling all of his stuff, and he wants. Uh, he he was he's been hard on me to run a champ cart series, which we got enough series as is. But I don't know we would get enough of them, but. That, that brings it to that thing. If you're going to run the top, you really got to watch what you're doing. And when you look at the replay, he, he admitted that he messed up, but that's pretty much what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of – I want to I want to pause for a minute and talk about the Stephen Broy incident one more time. Like this topic has come up in some other series, but DIQ currently doesn't have that strict of a uh, license or a promotion or a, 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 how should I say um, – a tiered approach. Yeah. Like you can get approved to run a higher series um, pretty easily. You know, you, especially if you've raced before, you know, you can pay your money and hop right into the cup series. Um, But that brings up the question, does DNQ need a tiered approach? Do you need to run a Bush series or an Arca series or something before you can get up and run the cup series? Or, you know, if you cheat or if you have a bad wreck like like that or Stephen Broy like came from two miles away and wait for me, I'm here's Ty Dillon <laughs> T-boning somebody <laughs> in the middle of the corner. Uh, do we need a demotion? Uh, 
you know, so Bob, that's, that's kind of a question for you. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, very possible. I think it's also one of those things where I wouldn't expect them to make the feature if they were that bad. So, uh, I mean, Mike, Mike Rott got involved in that accident as well. A, a lot of these guys that are veteran drivers didn't see it. And, you know, if we have a receiver and the, the – you're basically – when you have receivers, you're cutting the time down. So when the, the tower says caution, then it's got to go to the guy who's flagging ears. His ears got to go to his hands, and his hands has to go to the switch, and the switch has to go on the lights, and then the driver has to see – we're cutting all that time out. So the second they say caution, you hear it, you back off. So that wreck would have never happened. So that's why we have receivers, and that's why we're saying we need receivers. Plus, when you do the lineup stuff, it's better. But I don't know about demotions. I, I think you tear up enough shit in the Cup Series, and people will make sure you don't make the feature. So that's basically how that's going to work. Yeah, but uh, we're, like, we're, we're, we want to reach out to Ronnie Shurik. I'm sure he'll listen to this. And, uh, you know, we're thinking about you, bud, and uh, hopefully you get back behind the seat one day. We might do a champ card deal. On uh, in the winter and see how it goes, but I really don't think you're going to get a lot of those on treaded tires. We might, but we I'm just not sure yet. It, there's there's a a weird like subculture of champ cart racers, right? We uh, up here in the Northeast, there's a, a winged champ cart series, and they they were getting you know 25 entries. It kind of died off a little bit. Um, you know, they're still getting 15, 20 go karts most races. Um, so you, you might you might get it. Um, but if only three or four show up for a race or two, just cancel. I'm telling you right now, because you're not, it's not like more are going to show up out of the blue. There's, there's like 30 total champ cart racers in each state. <laughs> you know, it's not like there's a whole bunch just sitting at home waiting to waiting to go. Well, join. <laughs> well, uh, well, joining us now is Nick Stroop, and uh, Nick, thanks for calling in here. You got us. Yes, sir. I got you. All right, cool. So we're just talking about the uh, the last cup race, Stephen Broy's Arca Breaks wreck that you got in there. What, I mean, first of all, how did that feel, and what did you have to do to fix that thing, or did you just throw it out? Well, that was one of the hardest hits I've ever taken, and I've taken some pretty hard hits. Um, usually, <laughs> I got a, a bigger a bigger seat and a cage around me, but uh, like I said, that was one of the bigger hits I've ever taken. I had to walk off just to catch my breath. So. Uh, it was pretty gnarly, but um, the cart is sitting in a pile, sitting in the shop. I uh, have not touched it really; hadn't even looked into it. Uh, I got me a different cart for this race, so uh, maybe once I get some time and tear it apart and really look at it, we'll see what we got. Yeah, that was a hellacious hit, and that's what's going to bring in the race sievers. And you know, you've we we talked about. Uh, your year so far, you're leading. You're still leading points after that wreck, but it's been a rough go of it the last two races. Yeah, um, really, no fault of. I feel as if not on my own. Um, nothing's broke yet, knock on wood. Um, but just two bad deals. That's all it really was. Um, nothing. I can't complain too much. Other people. Um, I guess he did what he thought was right there at the road course. Um, but the, the, the last deal, it should have never happened. Like you said, that's what's brought the receivers. I'm all for it. That's what I've always driven with as a receiver. Um, I don't mind people in my ear, especially for safety. Um, just like Ronnie Shirt could have got hit while he was upside down if nobody was paying attention. So um, that'll be a really, really good push in the right direction, in my opinion, for safety and for uh, race directing. I mean, if you we can't spend 
10 minutes getting the lineup when he when she can just talk in her ear and get the lineup right from the get-go. So um, it should speed things up and keep us safe, so I'm all for it. Yeah, so we're we're joined by Bill Chester and Jay Z as well. So so far, we said the se- the season's been really good for you. You've won a few races so far this year. So talk about the year in the Cup Series in in DNQ racing. It's the uh, the competition has ramped up tremendously. Um, everybody's on top of their game. More and more people are catching on to how fun this is, and more people coming. So I started a year off pretty rough. Um, just trying to get in the swing of go karts trying to get in the swing of everything that was going on so uh we've kind of hit on something here lately um the guys here at superior have helped me out a ton so um it's starting to pick up a little bit better like like you said i had some some rough goes the past two races but hopefully we can get back on track here soon yeah you talked about some of the harder hits that you took before with a bigger seat and a big car um you know, so that kind of leads me to my next question. Um, you know, what is your background? How would you get started in racing? Uh, you know, what, what what was your path to DNQ? Uh, so when I was five years old, I think uh, my brother had started racing when he was five. So I got to go to the track with him all the time. We were racing go-karts like crazy. Um, that's back in the old Phantom Banshee days when we rode those uh, at Concord Speedway and Orange County Speedway. Um we raced those a lot, and um, I raced kid carts while my brother was racing uh, junior carts. Uh, my dad also raced dirt late models, so uh, I've been around it my whole life. So I just kept moving up. About age six or seven, I moved up to a go-kart from a kid cart, and then um, mama didn't like that no more. My brother about died in a go-kart, and uh, she pulled the plug. <laughs> well, you about did last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. But uh, I moved up to a Bandolero, um, raced that for a really long time. And then um, I got hooked up with Bob Dillner, and we raced Legend cars and Pro Challenge cars, and my brother raced Super Late Models on asphalt. And then um, we got we split parted ways with him, and we went dirt racing. Uh, I was 14 years old, just wanted to go have some fun. My dad didn't have the deep pockets like every other dad out there, so we stopped trying to go cup racing. And uh, we went dialed back and had a good time dirt racing. So uh, ever since I was 14 until probably three years ago, I raced dirt, late mod- or dirt modified a lot. Um, we had a lot of good times going up down the East Coast. And then uh, it was time for my dad to go do something that he really enjoyed. And he started building his own hot rod here lately. So um, I actually got the chance to go drive somebody's dirt modified here lately. So that's pretty cool. But. I wanted to do my own racing thing. I wanted to pay for my own. I wanted to do it all myself. So I started back from the roots. And um, whenever this set of tire came out, it's the cheapest option. Literally, I got one set of tires, and that's all you need. So um, it can't get any more fun, in my opinion. Um, you got you got to work on your go kart, not sit here and work tires. So, and the majority of it's in the seat. So I really enjoy that. Amen, brother. Yeah, you know, that's that's something I can really identify with. Uh, you know, my father raced late models, go karts. Growing up before that, I I raced asphalt road course pretty much my whole life until the last few years, where uh, you know kids and getting married and stuff like that has kind of put racing on the back burner. So you know, I I wanted to ask you. You've you've been racing a lot, and and you're a married man too, correct? Yes, sir. I am. Well, I, I want to give you a second to, to really gas up your wife and give her props. And I wanted to ask you, how do you race so much? I get yelled at all the time. I'm, 
do anything, but you're racing all over the East Coast. How do you do it, man? Give tips. <laughs> man, I don't know. I got really lucky. Uh, we met in college, and ever since we met, we've been best friends. That's, I think that's the best part about it is she understands that that is just part of my life. Um, she met when I was racing a lot, and this has really no comparison to what I was racing back then. So she's been around it for a long enough time to where she realizes that it's in my blood. I can't get it out. And um, like I said, she just puts up with it. She does a really good job with that. I work on my go-kart more than I like to admit. So um, <laughs> she does really good. And um, yeah. sorry, yeah, we're trying to scale out the go-kart right now. Hey, see, the grind never stops, bro. When you want to see DP1, the grind never stops. Absolutely. You just bring her to the racetrack and tell her, hey, Riggins Ole is going to be here too. You two can hang out. That's exactly what happens. They get to drinking the truth and the Bud Lights, and they just get to hanging out. They enjoy it just as much as we do, and they get to hang out each other. <laughs> so it, you talked about that racing history. It's not just I ran the races. I, I mean, I've looked back at some of your stats. You won a lot of races when you were racing. Yeah, I, I mean, we had a lot of lot of good luck. Um, a lot of good people backing me. Um, like I ran Nick Hoffman's car and the elite stuff in my modified the last three years. I think we had really good luck. Um, we ran third at Eldora with guess 130 cars. I mean, we had. But it's all the people behind me. I mean, it just makes you look good. The same thing as this with Superior behind me. Like, I can't do this all by myself. So, they all, uh, my dad behind me the whole time, my, my parents, they uh, obviously they're part of the bill the whole time. So, I got to thank them the most because that's what uh, made us have so much fun was it ain't fun to go out there and run in the back, you know. And um, whenever they were putting so much effort into it, I was a full-time college student there towards the end. And my dad was the one doing all the work on it through the week. So, uh, like I said, all those wins come from the people behind me, not the not the driver. I don't think, but um, about it. Your dad's your dad's a thoroughbred racer. I know because when Jimmy Allen spun you at the road course race, he was ready to beat his ass. So that's how I know that he's got that fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's in your blood, you can't take it out. That's what I like to say. Um, yeah, he's he gets fired up just as just as mad as I get. Uh, I'm probably even more mad to be honest with you. He sees how much time and energy I put into this thing, and somebody just destroys you. It kind of hurts a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah, you and you and Eric uh, are definitely the Mercedes Benz of the DNQ series right now. And um, between you and him, you guys have been winning all the races. Uh, Eric's kind of been the Lewis Hamilton of the team, um, and you have kind of been. Uh, up into the number two driver, the Valerie Botas. Uh, so as the number two driver on the team, how do you stay grounded? What keeps you motivated um, to go out there and beat him? Well, I'll be honest with you. As long as either one of us win, I'm okay with it. Uh, we just got to keep everybody else out of victory lane. Uh, we're gonna Very Botas of you to say. Winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very Felipe Massa. Do <laughs> Doing all we can to win as many races as we can, but um, he's out this week, so uh, it's going to give me a chance to go in there and steal one. Yeah, that a boy, that a boy. So a after you take home that trophy, where are you going in Lincolnton to get yourself a, a cold frosty boy? There ain't much in there. Uh, here recently, I moved to China Grove with my wife. That's my parents live in Lincolnton. Um, there's this little place called the Lucky Turnaround. That's about the only place in China Grove you can go. Uh, <laughs> 
a lucky <laughs> reach around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Well, I, I want to know I, the the throwback race is the next big race coming up for D and Q. Uh, can you give us a teaser or a hint of of what type of throwback scheme you may or may not be running? I have the most badass throwback scheme ready. And oh yeah. Once once it got killed, once my go kart got killed, it's been not. I put that to the back bar. I've been thrashing trying to get another go kart ready. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see what we can come up with. I might throw a 67 on it and throw it back to the last race when he raced. There you go. There you go. So you talked about superior tire management. Now, I'm going to give you a a chance to clear your name here because I got multiple messages on it. Because Mullis said he borrowed a set of tires from you, and then he failed uh, tire tech with the lab work. So I'll let you explain that to everybody that wanted to know the answer. I'm going to play the fifth. (laughs) <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. Nah, I dropped in tires off the week of, and he scaled, and I didn't put anything on tires. He didn't put anything on tires. We don't know where it came from. There's only one thing that could have happened, and uh, I'm not going to say any names, but they got thrown out last race, and they were on our tires in the race. So um, we're not going to fight it. I mean, it's okay. They got thrown out in the lab. It is what it is. We know. It's fine. Um, like I said, it's... We didn't put anything on the tire. I didn't. He didn't. We don't know where it came from, but there's a pretty good idea of where it came from. There you go. Say no more. It's okay. So the 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 nickname Iron Station Sensation. Who gave that to you, and where did it come from? A buddy of mine named Jeremy. I was uh, running out there at Carolina Speedway one night, and uh, he showed up, and he said, "Man, you need a nickname." And I said, okay, we'll come up with one. And he said, well, you're from Iron Station. Sensation runs with it. And ever since then, it's stuck. Um, <laughs> there's there's a few guys that like to clown on me for it, but uh, they are not in video lane. I am. Yeah, there you go. That's right. That's right. Flex. <laughs> <laughs> so question that we ask everybody that we have on the podcast, show number two, third, third guest, fourth guest, yeah. whatever. Uh, Who's the biggest pain in the ass to race with? You know, Adam Welch. (laughs) The bad kitty. kitty. (laughs) Good God. You get beside him and that kitty just turns left. (laughs) Every time. Goodness. I have a feeling we're going to get that answer a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You probably are. It, would yep. you consider him the Ryan Newman of DNQ? A moving roadblock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Clint Boyer, whatever you want to call it, sure. <laughs> the Elliot oh, of DNQ. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that going to yep. be your throwback? <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us, and uh, man, we we look you do you do such a good job uh, racing in this series, and it's fun to watch. And points leader could be the champion by the time it's all said and done. That'd be something, wouldn't it? Jinx. I hope so. That's what I set my goal out at the beginning of the season was to win this championship. Once I saw the trophy from last year, I said I got to have that thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Then my goal from the get go. So if I come back short of that, I'm gonna be a little sad. 
Well, if yeah, anybody can do it, you can. Uh, we'll definitely be uh, be looking for you, and and you and Eric and and your whole team has definitely made it exciting. Uh, you've really made everybody else step their game up. So the All Star Race is usually when everybody brings their big guns out and cheats everything up a little bit more than they normally do. Uh, so I, I'm I'm pretty excited to see what this race is going to bring. Well, I'm excited too. Uh, we'll see you guys Monday. All right, we'll see you. Yeah, good luck, buddy. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Bye. All right, so that is Nick Stroop joining us from China Grove, the rusty turnaround wherever he said he can go get a Cole Frosty one there. He He's done such a good job so far this year, and he did not start off strong at all. I mean, he, he said, I went back to basics. I, I did all the things that – I thought would work, and it didn't, and I, I went back to a baseline setup. And just like Showalter said, you can get in left field really quick when you change these tires. Yeah, especially with those treaded tires. And, you know, he's he's another one like Riggins who has experience not only with the treads but with the big cars too. You've got to think the two of them running so well all the time. They've got to be able to lean on some of that experience, especially when we watch those races the treaded classes, especially all those huge sliders and dive bombs and running up there on the cushion. I mean, that's all big car type racing. Uh, I'm anxious and, and eagerly anticipating, uh, you know, someone figuring out the bottom. Um, uh, was it Ayers that only wants to run the bottom, right? He said he just will uh, never Asbury. run the top. Jason oh, Asbury. Asbury. Jason yeah. Asbury. I'm hoping a, a gentleman like Asbury can figure out a, a different setup, a, a different gearing um, to see if maybe they can make that bottom work because, you know, we see him build up across the top. That's where the speed is. They have trouble passing unless you, you really want to throw a slider, which is awesome for the fans. But if, if someone can, you know, maybe nerd out a little bit, spend a little extra time on the scales, figure out a, a little bit better setup to, to get a better run off the bottom, I, I, I think it can get racing even better. We got yeah. a bunch of Hods running this thing, but we don't have any Lasoskis. Yes. We need a few bottom feeders to, to really get it dialed in here. Yeah, if there's one person that's going to figure it out, it's Jason Asbury, because he gets the pole about every race and then just stays keeps it on the bottom and just lets it hang out. And But he does good. I mean, he does very, very good. And uh, so the, the Cup Series has been really fun to watch this year. Uh, the, the last thing I want to cover about this race is Jimmy Allen – when he teamed up with Mike Rott and Ronnie Shirk, got some of their notes, and he also got John Kinder. He's second top three in a row uh, the last two races, and he's he's starting to get the hang of this. Absolutely turned his year around. Um, he's one of those drivers that you know we've seen we've seen people that are that might might run junk for a while, and then finally catch a break and and be able to run good in good equipment. And Jimmy Allen is is that story for the DNQ series. He's kind of running the back and kind of got everything he could out of his equipment. And then he made that alliance uh, with Team Reaper and absolutely turned his year around. And now he's a threat. He's on the podium every single week, but he's a threat to win now. There's no reason he couldn't have won that last race outside of some bad luck. I think what we saw, especially on some of those restarts, was that you know Jimmy would catch a hot fart on the outside, but you know uh, uh, some of the people that were starting the inside of him, whether it be Ayers or Riggins, when he had a, a better start in some of those restarts, would throw it down in there, uh, throw it low, and when it would slide up, 
you know, Allen would get boxed in. And I think that's just some of the experience someone like Riggins or even a Stroop has racing big cars um, that comes into play that Allen's slowly learning, catching up on, and and just a little bit of luck and, and positioning himself in a little bit better spot on some of those restarts. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins in the next, uh, you know, two races before the season's over. Yeah, that would be a big win for him. He's You talk about Quentin Haley celebrating. He would definitely be one that would celebrate as well. So the next race the next race is the NXT Motorsports, uh, the Winston All-Star Race. I, man, we, we weren't even sure if we were going to have this race uh, when all the shutdown stuff happened, but this race is next, and I'm pretty excited about it. We are going to showcase the Cub Series in a way that it's never been showcased before in front of go-kart racers. And it's also throwback night, and I'm going to tell you, the trophies that Ashley and Jeremy have put together for this race are something very special. <laughs> I, the DAQ series really excites me for throwback week because they actually do it right. I'm hoping for uh, an old number seven or maybe a, a Heineken 0.0 or a Bush <laughs> NA for some of yeah. those kids with braces in victory lane that we've seen, you know, maybe a Bacardi 151, a little flaming shot, something yeah. like that. I'm, I'm ready to see some good paint schemes on these cars. They have, ne- they have yet to fail to impress the last two years they've run this. There's been some beautiful throwback schemes. I know the, the Bobby Allison one that I forgot who ran it. Man, that uh, was, was really good. Was, was beautiful. Um, uh, there's been some, uh, some real good ones. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they can come up with next. Oh, the Terry Labonte one, uh, from the, the late eighties. That was a good throwback. They ran too. Uh, it was that, um, Jonathan Mabe drove that one. They he they have some him and John Gerald have like some of the best looking go karts as far as they throw it back every race. But my goodness, they do a good job of that stuff. So we've got that race. It'll be the the top seven guys that are locked in are the champions from last year: uh, Tyson Freeze, Nigel Standish. Uh, Mike Contarino, Robert Showalter, Caleb Clenard, and then we have Jamie Knopf is locked in because he won it last year. And then the fan vote is going to be Stephen Broy, and he might have to pull some double duty. If he does not pull double duty, um, Hunter Weaver has retired. He was second. Trent Newman would be the third one. And then Quentin Haley, if he would be the fourth driver on that list to get that all-star fan vote. But for right now, it is all Stephen Broy, and he will be our fan vote. Watch out, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Everybody have your <laughs> sorry, receivers. So, sorry, Steven. We're, we're picking on you. We like you, dude. We promise. We swear. And then uh, the rest of that's going to be consistent of all the way back to an E-Main if we need to. For drivers who have won a race, they're going to start in the B or C main, depending on how fast they are. But it's basically open call, $1,000 to win, and uh, it's definitely some race you want to watch. It's more the pageantry that goes into this race than anything else. Yeah, I love watching it. I mean, because – I'll definitely drink some throwback beer uh, during this race. Old Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> yeah, but some of these, some of the guys that come race this um, that don't race with us normally, they're some people that I've talked to. They're excited about running the C and the B main because they haven't run DNQ before and they feel like they need that practice. Now that sounds like somebody that would normally run the C and the B main. Um, <laughs> But what that does is give us uh, more things to talk shit about um, and gives you a little bit more uh, time for your sponsors uh, and to get your name out there to hopefully run the DNQ series for the rest of the year. 
there's a little cachet, a little swagger that comes with coming up through the alphabet soup. You know, you, you listen to the Chili Bowl and, and some guys that haven't quite made it to DNQ yet will want to run that to get some experience. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Casey Kane, those guys coming to mind yes. running the E and the D main. Yeah, and and when you are are running on on Saturday night, you're in that A. You know, you're you got a little more girth than everyone else. Your sack's a little hairier. There's <laughs> you know, there's a little swagger that comes with fighting your way up through all that shit. So, um, you know, I I think people are excited to run it. Like you said, Bill, uh, it's a it's a good time and and really a, a, a proof of of your talent coming up through that. Yep. So that's on Labor Day, September seventh. And that's all the DNQ stuff we have to cover. And now we're going to head to a real racing news. And uh, I, I was torn this week between two subjects. Number one is for me is the fact that the announcers failed to mention any sponsorship on the race cars at all. That is a big pet peeve of mine. If you've never watched a NBC or Fox Sports broadcast, they do not mention the sponsorship on the race car. So just pay attention to that. That's annoying. Yellow and blue car and Eric Jones in the white and blue car racing Martin Truex in the orange and white car. It's, it's atrocious. You, and here's the thing. If I'm a sponsor, if I'm coughing up, you know, uh, what are teams? I mean, the, the, like a Penske, a Hendrick, uh, uh, Stuart Haas, they're, they're still getting what 12 or 15 million a year to be on the hood and the quarter panels. That's a lot of freaking money, especially if they can spend a hundred thousand dollars and reach 2 million people advertising on, on Facebook. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, an in, it's an insult. It's an insult to not call these sponsors name it's almost like rick allen didn't get a kickback from uh you know uh the penzoil so he wouldn't call joey logano he just said joey logano in the yellow car on the inside it's it's really bad and it's it's obvious and if, if you now that you've we've brought this up in the podcast you know the listeners at home are going to start listening to this when they watch the races you're going to notice it and it's going to be bad oh it just annoys me it's it's probably you know that there's so everybody wants to get their their palms greased and i really feel like that's in bad taste because without those teams and the sponsors they would have nothing to even talk about so yeah. I, I you know hopefully one day they will just bite the bullet and deal with it because i, I just think it's total bs and the, the other one for me was the indy 500 finishing under caution there's no way that big of a race okay history is history their procedures are their procedures there is zero way that races should end under caution in my mind nowadays. I agree. I mean, and they got, I realize that there's TV limits and all that shit, but what do we got going on right now? Nothing. There are no live sports. Racing is the only live sport right now. Um, I mean, what we got baseball, nobody's there to watch that either. Um, I mean, this is the Indy 500 we're talking about. And they talked about that it was going to take, an hour or something to fix the wall. So fucking what? Like, go find shit to talk about. Like, get the drivers out of the cars. Go interview every single one of them. Who cares? I mean, you can go switch to whatever fucking ballet programming that you want for 45 minutes and come back when it's done. Like, I I agree. And, And since there was no fans there, I feel like it was probably easier for them to make that call than if they would have had you know, uh, a grandstand full of yeah. 300,000 fans there. Um, but I agree with you, Bob. That was kind of a bullshit move, especially with the Indy 500. 
Um, you know, everybody wants to see that green, white checkered. And I mean, I know Charles Lewandowski was probably jumping up and down <laughs> that Sato won. Uh, and that Sato won. Right. But everybody wants to see that like last two lap mock qualifying runs for the win. You guys aren't wrong. I, I agree with you. But from a, a different point of view, you, you got to remember, this is a series that has been giving the, the windscreen, the aero screen, uh, a reach around all season, lauding its safety and how you know safe the series is now. They had a driver laying down on the racetrack, lying on the racetrack out of the out of the car, and they wouldn't red flag it. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't understand how that happens. If, if safety is your concern and, and that guy hit the end of the wall where multiple people have almost died in the past, that was so he's laying bad. on the racetrack and they're not going to red flag it. If, if I'm that driver, um, who was it? Uh, Spencer Piggott, right? If I'm that guy, I am pissed that they didn't red flag that race at the expense of my safety. I mean, I do have to give them some props for making the car safe enough for that guy to even be alive because his head yes. should have popped off, um, you know, but, but uh, it was just, I agree. It was just like the they, they talk out of both sides of their mouth. Yeah. 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 You're, you're, you're completely right. I mean, the, the, the cars are far safer. I'm not trying to sit here and, and be this half drunk idiot on a laptop, dragging IndyCar under the bus or anything. Like that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I can barely, you know, win practice on my own. So um, <laughs> I'm just simply saying that if, if I'm the driver laying on the asphalt, uh, I want that race red flag so they can take care of me. Right, right. All right, Bill, what do you have uh, in real racing news to cover tonight? Um, so I want to talk about the other throwback weekend, first of all. Um, DNQ throwback weekend is still pristine and and uh, an amazing event. The other throwback weekend is completely played out. Like, they're out of stuff to do. You got drivers throwing back to themselves. Daniel Suarez threw back to two years ago when he had a sponsor. I mean, how much lower can it possibly get? I mean, you're everybody is just out of stuff to do. Um, and the, the new, the shine has worn off. Like they haven't activated or promoted that the way it should be. Like who, uh, they tried to go through the decades. Well, they made fucking three decades long and we're on year what, like five? People are done. Uh, I, I think they just need to cut their losses, be done with it. Like the cookout Southern 500. No, that's not throwback weekend. Cookout is where you go when you're fucking drunk at 3 a.m. Like that's not throwback weekend. So I just wish they would cut their losses, be done with it, come up with something new for the Daytona 500, which is the only race that anybody watches. I mean, last year it was a fucking circus. Uh, I, I just wish that they would, um, I don't know, come up come up with something new. Just be done with it. You're you're not wrong. It's it's the same mustaches we see every year, right? It's the same girl in bell bottoms, like you know, wag uh, sitting there with some sort of throwback outfit on, and it's they're they're not. They could do so much more. You mentioned the word activating. They could do so much more of activating an old Purolator sponsorship logo or something like that. Right. And, and and really 
bringing back the the glory days and and highlighting some of these sponsors and and making it a good business decision and good for the fans. Everyone wins that way. But no, there's we just, no fucking reason GM Goodrent shouldn't be on the side of that three car. No oh reason at all. I can't. I don't know how they haven't done it yet. It blows my mind. Like I, I mean, there's there's so many good ideas and no one does anything with them. Yeah. Like you can put together one race sponsorships. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm done with it. Bob, do you have anything to add? And uh, no, I mean the, the mustaches on the crew guys and stuff are stupid. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's one more thing that I wanted to talk about. Sorry, I, I'm off that rant. Uh, <laughs> been been watching a lot of USAC and sprint car and dirt racing lately because honestly, that racing is great. Not quite as good as DNQ, but it's pretty damn good. Um, so the silver crown season's in full stride. Um, Cody Swanson, uh, who just keeps on winning. Uh, he's a driver, the all time winningest silver crown driver, uh, of all time. Um, still can't get a ride in anything else because he's too old. Um, what he's like 31 or 32, something like that. Um, I mean, he's won everything you can imagine in silver crown except the Hoosier hundred lat or sorry, he has won the Hoosier hundred, uh, I think, but Larson won the Hoosier hundred last week, two weeks ago. And the week before that won the Knoxville, not nationals. Uh, he has <laughs> been on an absolute tear. He's won 50% of the, the races that he's entered just won a dirt late model race at Port Royal two nights ago. Uh, he, I mean, he's a DNQ graduate, has been winning everything you can even think of uh, in a sprint car and not against scrubs, like winning against the outlaws. He's swept every Knoxville race that he's run this year with the outlaws, with the all-stars. Uh, I, I mean, nobody's, he's doing things that nobody's ever seen before. Donnie Schatz has three wins. And I think Larson's above 30 now since he got fired. Like not even <laughs> he didn't even start running the same time as these guys. He started halfway through their season. Uh, he's been absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, it, it's unreal. Watching. Well, I'll I'll t- I'll put it to you this way. So we say all that, and you know what happened happened. But he's won all these races. But he may have made as much winning all these races as he would have running one cup race. So just just put it in perspective, money wise, like. He has to. He doesn't have. A, he has to win. He does not have a choice. And sometimes that's when you see drivers do their best is when their backs against the wall. And he is definitely. Don't get me wrong. He is probably one of the most talented guys on dirt you will ever see in anybody's lifetime. But his back is also against the wall because he went from making his cup money and now he's making dirt money, which isn't even friggin' close. So yeah, he. Yeah. So he he has to win. But that's what makes it a great story right now is this guy has to win, and it's a great redemption story. He's going to be back in the Cup Series. It's, it's only a matter of time before somebody gives him a ride again. I mean, what happened, there's no excuse for. But he's too talented not to do that. And there's plenty of dirt guys that, that will never get that shot. Tim McCready had a shot at RCR. Some of these other guys had their shots. And unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way anymore. But I, I, Larson, probably one of the most talented drivers you'll ever see. And uh, just just put it in, in perspective of what we're seeing right now is not been done by anybody ever, and it's a great story. One day, hope somebody makes a documentary on Amazon about it. 
Okay. It's uh, just watching some of the clips and, and some of the races live. It's some races, you know, he's a uh, half tracking other times he gets past going into one on the last lap and still comes back, you know, does a nice slider uh, into three and four for the win. It's he's, he's earning it every single time. And it's, it's incredible to see. And, and I mean, you know, Bill, you and I talk about this. I'm, I'm horny for wingless sprint cars. You know what I mean? I just, they're just they leave the left front at home, pulling the front end down the straightaway. Um, you know, all, all this dirt stuff's taken off as it is right with the current climate of racing and having Kyle Larson shine an even brighter light on it. It's, it's only good for everyone involved. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard many interviews with some of the guys that he's racing against and they said that he's forced them to step up their game so much that they're running better than they ever have, but they still can't beat him. Yeah. <laughs> Jay-Z, you got anything to cover in uh, real racing news? You know, I, I am, I follow sports car racing very heavily. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan, um, you know, especially GT machinery and, and the thing I can't wrap my head around, and, and I want to see what you guys think about this, is GM not building uh, a customer car. They they run their new C8 Corvette, which is the, the talk of the town, right? If if you're into sports car racing, it, it, even if you're in the automotive industry at all, if you have any interest in it, the C8, the mid-engine Corvette, hugely controversial, wildly successful, whether you like it or not, and it's already winning races. But GM... Uh, only gives Pratt and Miller permission to run in the GTLM series. So they are the GTLM class. They can run at Le Mans. Um, But there's only six cars in the class. Ford dropped out. They stopped putting money into the Ford GT because they don't make new ones anymore. Right. So you just have the two Corvettes. You have um, two Beamers and you have two Porsches and Porsches kicked their ass up and down the grid the last two years. Finally this year, you know, Porsches winding down, they're not going to run next year anymore. So it'll just be Corvette and BMW at this point, but they refuse to build a customer car for GT three regulations, which is very similar, uh, you know, from a layman's point of terms, very similar to GTLM, although it's a lot of different development work, a little less aero, a little more horsepower. And, um, you know, I think there's some different regulations with the safety as well, um, but they just refuse to do it. They say we we only want to put our marketing dollars behind the top tier of racing. We don't want to have, uh, you know, Joe Schmo dentist that's got a bunch of money, buy a car and run P19 out of 20 every week and, and give it a bad name. So but if they can sell 20 of those cars at a half a million dollars a piece around the globe. Why Why not do it? I mean, am I an idiot? Do I think it's a no-brainer? Or do you guys see some other reason why they, they wouldn't want to let that happen? The the only thing I see with that is the fact that they can manufacture or sell that car as a championship-winning car. And it doesn't matter if there's three cars racing. Against, nobody's going to check. The only people that know that is a small amount of people that follow GT racing. So if you go, well, this Corvette's a championship, you know, whatever, GT, blah, 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 blah. Nobody gives a shit. It's just they just happen to – it'll be another sales tactic for them. So it's, it's easy. They should be able to beat BMW. I am not a fan of a mid-engine uh, Corvette. Sorry. I mean, I have a 1984 old one. It was my grandfather's. I, American cars are not mid-engine cars. Like, that. that's just that's just my thought on it. I mean, I understand from an engineering perspective why – you know, mid-engine is better. Um, you know, it's pretty hard to beat physics. Uh, but, you know, Bob, I definitely see what you're saying there, and and I agree. Um, you know, what they're after is that commercial that we won Le Mans 
whatever commercial it doesn't matter if it was against one people three people you know the the amount of people that are watching that race yes it's a lot um and some of those people are gonna buy it but the people that hate them aren't gonna buy them anyway and the people that love them are gonna buy them anyway um the the market is really all the other people that know of the lama and they know of racing and they're not that intimate um, with how good the BMWs are, how good the Audis are, how good the Porsches are, how many of them there were. They don't care about that. Like they're, they want to see that trophy and that means something to them. So Bob, I definitely see what you're saying there. Uh, And Jay-Z. Yeah, it's a shame, but I mean, it's all about dollars and cents. It's, it it is a business. Um, And as a a fanboy, you, you hate to see that. Because it, it it costs a shit ton of money to to manufacture these cars, develop these cars, and and win. Because uh, it's it, GTLM's manufacturer racing, right? It's it's not uh, you know a team that gets some money from a manufacturer. It's the manufacturers behind the whole thing. So it, I get it. I, I do understand. It's just man, it would be cool to see uh, you know a Coca Cola livery, uh, you know. Corvette or or some American brand plastered all over it, and and some yeah. guy running GT3 all over Europe with an American car, you know, yeah. yelling yeehaw as he's smoking them. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's I'll I'll yeah. live, I'll continue to watch DNQ and admire the competition going on there. Yeah. Well, that's that's all I have for this one. Unless you guys got anything else, I'm good. Nope, I'm out of whiskey. Yeah, my Modelos are empty. I need to go get another one actually. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this, whoever listens to it, and uh, we will see you guys uh, next month, and I want to appreciate you guys for joining us. Yeah, like it, share it, all that bullshit on your social media. Um, Find us on Spotify, Apple Music. um, Tell your friends about us, and get us some sponsorship. Yeah, we need your name here, guys. Your name here on this podcast, Uh, you know, thousands and thousands of views on youtube podcasts slowly taking off uh you know get your name out there to a very tight-knit and loyal community all right well we'll see what happens at the all-star race uh, i'm pretty uh interested to see what happens here but uh it'll be special and we'll have a lot to talk about i'm sure <laughs> that we will amen all right we'll see you guys